0: Welcome to Gamers on the Go. This is episode 38, and we're going to be talking about Donkey Kong 94, or Donkey Kong for Game Boy, or just Donkey Kong, because technically all are kind of correct. Um, And my guest, uh, you know him, you love him, it's Zach Fleeman.
1: Oh, they love me, awesome. Hey, what's going on?
0: (laughs) Uh, They do love you. We've had you on a number of times, and you've always been a good guest. Um, yes. Yeah, so,
1: so I wish we had an audience. We should do this live sometime. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe. absolutely. Sure. Let's just let's call Pax and say, yeah, we'll we'll totally do a live panel. Do one of these. That'd be fine.
1: Well, I was I was thinking uh, on like the sidewalk or something. Oh, okay.
0: even better. Then we can get like some completely uninitiated people to just go. What what's uh what's Donkey Kong ninety four? And we'll go, sir. Let me tell you. And we'll mm-hmm. bring them into our tent like uh, like we were some mind reader palm reader person at the fair. It'll be fantastic.
1: Yeah. I like that idea.
0: Um, well, this episode was kind of inspired because uh, you came on to our Game of the Year show uh, for 2014 and proceeded to tell me how great a game uh, from 1994 slash 2011, if you count Virtual Console was. Um, so you kind of cheated. Oh,
1: I cheated. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs>
0: um, See, well,
1: no, here's the thing, Chase. We last spoke... I think before the tragic news that the new 3ds small version wasn't going to be making its way over here. Correct. Um, so I had been like sitting on my 3ds ever since that new one got announced in August or September or something like that. So I hadn't been playing much, much 3ds games at all. Um, so yeah, I was just kind of looking for small things to play because I thought, you know what, whenever I get that new 3ds with the face plates and colored buttons, I'll just start playing 3ds games again. Mm. Um, yeah. A little bit bitter.
0: Sad. Me too. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it had the Super Famicom buttons on it. Uh, that looked real real awesome. I wanted that.
1: Okay, so I don't know why I should take your opinion seriously because you said this wouldn't happen. <laughs> okay. But do you think that small uh, small version will be making its way over here eventually? Man, you, maybe. I. Yeah, it's really in their core. They could not do it, and then it wouldn't be a problem for anybody but me.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm totally fine with the with the XL. Uh I still have a, a regular 3DS XL. Man, that's going to get real confusing at some point. Um and and I think the I mean the new XLs look fine too. It's just I like the idea of the faceplates and the buttons and I was actually ready for a, a smaller system uh, even though uh the XL still does kind of fit in my generously sized pockets, uh, Mm. snugly, but but still does. See,
1: I mean, the the test will be once I actually pick a new 3DS XL up, because I don't even think I've held a normal 3DS XL. So Mm -hmm. I may not know what I'm missing, but I also kind of like being ignorant because I want, like my perfect 3DS right now would be like a matte white or a matte blue, like light blue, interchangeable faceplate, small size, New 3ds, that'd be so good.
0: Our our interests uh, intersect here because that's exactly what mm-hmm. I want. Uh, I don't even need the face plates. I just want like a nice clean white one uh, to match yes. my Vita, and I have a DSi or a DS Lite that's a that's a crisp white, and I really like it. Um, yeah, that,
1: that DS Lite white was definitely I don't know, just really pretty, really perfect. But you you famously said on this podcast that a reboot of the 3ds would not happen, but here we are. Here yeah. We
0: are. So I'll I'll eat my words on that one. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Maybe Nintendo is keeping the the regular new Nintendo 3ds's away from us so they can keep making these special edition 3ds XLs instead of just selling us cheap cover plates.
1: You know, I don't. I've never been like really intrigued by a special edition 3ds. I they make a, they make a ton of them, or even like when they did the DSIs and DS lights, they. It's never been my thing. I'm I'm kind of boring in that sense, I guess.
0: No, I I mean I think you're fine. I I, I thought about getting the Fire Emblem one just because I'm such a Fire Emblem fan, uh, but I didn't actually really like the design on that. Uh, did, I think they had a they had one for Persona Q that made it look like the book, uh, which was mm-hmm. I, I don't know, kind of interesting. And then that uh, cool. but that game's not very good uh, huh. unless you really like uh, Etrian Odyssey. Because that game is more that than Persona, um, mm. and then I mean I ended up getting the the Mario and Luigi one that came with Dream Team, uh, another not great game. Um, oh bummer! But I I really like that. I mean it's silver. It was the closest thing to white I could find, and it's got a nice classy little Mario and Luigi on it. But um, yeah, I I I don't know if I'm really interested in that that Zelda one, the the new Majora's Mask oh. one that's gold.
1: Here's the thing that they do. They they do the old Mac computer or laptop thing where they have the Majora's Mask facing you when you open it. So when you're playing it, it's upside down. <laughs> like, when you're looking at it, Yeah, which is really
0: dumb. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> I mean, no one's really looking at, you know, I think it's more obvious on a laptop. But still, I, I feel like they just made a mistake that had already been made in history. Yeah. They just didn't look back at it.
0: I mean, at least the, the Link Between Worlds one that was kind of that same deal. It was the gold and it had the Triforce on the back. No matter how you open it up, it still kind of made sense within the game, since that's all about like a upside down Triforce and then the regular Triforce. Oh, that's true. Maybe they've got. Yeah, my cousin has it.
1: that Gold Link or Gold Zelda 3DS. It does. That's probably the coolest special edition I've seen, but still, I,
0: yeah. yeah I agree with you. Um, are you uh, interested in playing Majora's Mask, the the new remake of it?
1: I am. I'm trying to figure out when to buy it. Uh, I, I kinda, I'm kind of I'm a little bit overloaded with games right now. I just started playing Earthbound uh, oh. with my buddy. We're doing kind of like a book club where we say, okay, beat Giant Step, and then we'll talk about it. And then, you know, we're just kind of making our way through there. So Earthbound will keep me tied up for a little bit, but I'm all about buying Nintendo games right now to get my uh, Club Nintendo points up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. I had about like 1,400 of those, and I think I spent...
1: Holy crap.
0: I spent all but like 480 of them, uh, and I need to... Like buy a couple of the just downloadable games. I, I I don't remember even what I got. It was some some physical garbage that'll that'll be coming here at some point. But um, yeah, because I like I, I, mean, I didn't have anything. Up, to,
1: huh? It seems like six hundred is the uh, six hundred is the magic number right now to get like a real big Wii U game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like the ones I'm looking at right now, I, I might get that like three D classics version of Zevius. And then something else, maybe maybe like Sakura Samurai, like a 3DS eShop game, like it's, it's, it's sword fighting. That's some kind of cool. I don't know. Yes, I had yes, I I'm actually had interested. most of it, <laughs> uh, which uh, sucks.
1: I am definitely interested in Majora's Mask. I will be I'll be buying that at some point because that is a uh, that's a cool Zelda game. Mm-hmm. I want to play through it
0: again. I had some Amazon credit left, so I just ended up buying it for free, and it'll be here within the week, I think. So. That's exciting. We'll see. Uh, I've never played that game before, Um, and I've only played a smattering of Ocarina of Time, even though I own it for both the 64 and the 3DS. Um, I'm really good at the very beginning of that game, and then it opens up, and I don't know why. I think it's because most of the time I was playing it at a friend's and only got to play through the beginning of it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Nintendo 64 Zelda games have always uh, eluded me. Uh, actually, most Zelda games have eluded me, but that's a different story. Anyway, right. um, would you like to talk about Donkey Kong '94?
1: Man, that's a good game. <laughs> like it, it's this. I think I told this story, or maybe I didn't, on the Game of the Year episode. Well, let's just pretend like that didn't exist, and we'll start anew. Sure. Um, but my cousin got that game. He had an original Game Boy, um, and just the basically the staples like Super Mario Land or whatever the Egyptian Mario was. Mm-hmm. Um, some game where Wario is wearing hats. I don't. I don't know much about original Game Boy games, but uh, one of the ones that he let me borrow before I went on a whole bunch of errands with my mom on like a on just some random weekend was Donkey Kong ninety four. And I plugged it in, and it, the nuance of like, oh, hey, this is not your normal Donkey Kong game, kind of escaped me because I was so young and dumb. But uh, I we, I sat in like an auto shop with her for about three hours and played through most of it as a, a dumb little kid and I was like, oh, this is actually really unique and it it, it introduced me to that formula. So when Mario vs Donkey Kong came out in the early two thousands, I was like, yes, awesome. They're they're doing more of this. Um but yeah, do you have any background on it or are you just gonna let me ramble? Uh
0: yeah, my background is is a little different. I uh this is one of the first games I ever got with my Game Boy, which shows kinda how late I was into the whole Game Boy craze. Uh, cause my, yeah, what are you yeah uh, but I got a, a black Game Boy, like from the play it loud series, uh, and then Mega Man five and Donkey Kong 94. Those are my two games. Um, and Mega Man five was really hard and Donkey Kong 94 was less hard. Uh, so I think I ended up playing that one a little bit more. Um, I had very little experience with the arcade game, Donkey Kong until much later. So when I played this game, I didn't think anything of it. I, I mean, I didn't have that kind of mind-blown uh, epiphany of, oh, man, this is so much more than the arcade game because I, well, I had no frame of reference. So it was like, oh, this is just more of the game. And actually, when I played the arcade game years later, I was like, well, what, why Why is this only the first four levels? Like, what's? Itch. What are we doing here?
1: This version's bad. Yeah, don't this?
0: who cares about this? Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about Billy Mitchell or uh, Steve. Yeah. Steve, I forgot his name, but Maybe. yeah, Steve Wiebe. Um But yeah, King Kong, good documentary. People should watch that.
1: No, actually, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Okay, I, I don't think I had much uh, original Donkey Kong experience uh, up until DK ninety four. Also, now that I think about it, I think um, I played. Let's see. I think I might have played, like, the NES version of Donkey Kong on at my grandma's house on her NES. Mm -hmm. Um, That might have been it, because I knew what I was getting into when I played that game for the first time. I'm like, oh, it's the Hammer game with Mario. That's actually really difficult. Right. But then it isn't as difficult, which is nice. Um, But, yeah, I, I had recently got into Donkey Kong. Or, no, no, no. I remember the first time I really got into Donkey Kong was on Donkey Kong 64. You could go into the room and, like, play... The classic Donkey Kong games, and you had to do that to get I don't know one of the billion collectibles in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just remember Donkey Kong being incredibly challenging, and just oh, I couldn't even do it. <laughs> uh, but then I then I watched King of Kong uh, last summer, and I was okay. Time to get really into that, and I was actually doing a Let's Play on NES Remix at the time. So I, I started out on something off of forums, and I did like, hey, let's do a let's do a score attack. Let's you know. Let's do our own leaderboards on the NES version of Donkey Kong. So I ended up playing it over and over again, and now I I understand, like, how scoring works in that game. I have my own high score. I try to beat it every time I see Donkey Kong. It's So now it's, like, really ingrained in my life, and I think if I actually do end up getting one of those old stand-up arcade cabinets in my life, it'll be Donkey Kong, because I think that's just a really, really well-made game.
0: That's awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've I've had no experience with an arcade game like that where I would, like, I have a score in my mind that I'm always trying to remember when I go there. I I think the game I've probably played more than any is, like, either Galaga or Dig Dug. So those are the ones where I kind of know what stage, at least, I've been to. So I always try to see if I can get further than that stage or, like, how many flowers I can get in Dig Dug before getting fucked up. or, Or it's like, oh, it's the one where two of those red balloon mask guys are in the the same thing and they like they cover each other so you can't hit one because you know the other one's coming right after him uh, anyway Um, but yeah donkey kong like the original arcade game that that whole game really kind of came at a weird time i mean that's one of the first big hits for nintendo i mean if not the first is that their first game Really? No, I know it's the like first, the first like, one. The first
1: arcade game was some weird space shooter uh, in the vein of Galaga. I'm not so sure. Yeah. And then they tried to make Popeye, or they made Popeye. Right. And I don't know how that worked out.
0: Yeah, I,
1: my video game knowledge is uh, escaping me right now.
0: I've got I've got two books about Nintendo that uh, were made by this French guy, and the and the name uh, escapes me right now. But uh, like one of Jean, them is huh?
1: His name is Jean Claude. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's
0: let's say that. Um, but it's, like, the history of Nintendo before they started making games. So I've been reading a lot about, like, their the cards that they made and the Hannafuda cards and, um, like, a lot of the um, like the entertainment stuff where they bought a bunch of bowling alleys and turned them into these uh, duck hunt laser game things. But this was before NES, NES stuff, so this was, like, you had rifles that shot lasers at these ducks on the wall.
1: That's um, cool. So yeah, that's a, I, that's a rabbit hole of knowledge I, don't, I haven't gotten into yet, like the pre-video game Nintendo stuff, because I feel like that would be just a lot of money I could spend on collectibles that I don't want to spend on collectibles. Oh, yeah.
0: I've, uh, I've fallen a little bit into that hole. It's easier that uh, eBay and Amazon don't really have a whole lot for you to find. Uh, so I've, I've been able to at least temper it that way, but I have a, a chaotic cube or a challenge dice, if you will, uh, depends on where you are, uh, but oh, it's... like in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, now it's a. It looks like a, a die, like a regular die with the the six or the yeah the six sides. Um, but the the dots on the die are actually pins. Uh, it's it's a big cube. It's like a. It's about the size of your hand, uh, but you actually take out the pins that are all of different lengths. And you try to fit them all into the uh, into the die at once so they all fit uh, because then they'll oh. like if you put in a long piece it'll it'll mess up where some of the other pegs can go and uh, it's it's a fun little puzzle game and then I have another one um, and I, and I believe all of these were made by goonpei Yokoi who's the same guy who created the game boy uh, but the other one's kind of like a more like a Rubik's cube it's called a, a, a billion billion barrel billion barrel game um but it's you oh. kind of have to get these these uh, colored balls into the right spot but it, it looks like a like a clear little barrel kind of thing and you kind of have to move different pieces and let the balls fall in different places um, mm. yeah nintendo's really cool uh even before they started making video games but uh so anyway sorry back to uh <laughs> sorry for the digression we're going to talk about Donkey Kong, uh, but that game kind of came became before they were established this established group. So you know, Donkey Kong came to the Atari, and I'm, I don't, I haven't played that game. I actually own that game, and I own Atari. I should really put those two together, uh, but I assume that's crap.
1: Uh, I know. Yeah, the- I think the Atari version's crap, and the first like good console port was on the ColecoVision. Mm-hmm. Like this random facts I'm just regurgitating right now.
0: And and did the Coleco version actually have all four stages? Because I know the NES version didn't. Like because of memory problems, they couldn't even fit the entire four stages onto the NES cart.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know much about yeah. which stage was omitted from the NES version. Even so, I don't know what the Coleco had.
0: Well, it's a good thing we're not talking about those versions then. <laughs> well,
1: Good thing. It's been a good show.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So. Into what our specific topic is, Donkey Kong 94, here. This game came out in June of 1994, uh, which was actually only a few months, three months, before Donkey Kong Country came out um, on the Super Nintendo. So this was kind of uh, Nintendo's, I'd say more like backup plan, because they're giving the reins of Donkey Kong over to Rare and and letting them kind of do what they want with it. And this was kind of their way of going, well, you know, in case that is a major complete failure, why don't we throw out this other thing that's, you know, the the classic Donkey Kong that people know, um, even though this technically was the first game where he was wearing his his signature red tie. Uh, and kind yeah, of I want to know the, the alternate game.
1: Universe, like, where Donkey Kong Country failed and Nintendo had to, like, flounder with Donkey Kong, see where he went.
0: Yeah, but. that would have been real interesting, because, you know, would you have gone further with Donkey Kong Jr.? Uh, instead of moving into this ditty, cranky, candy, funky,
1: lanky, a
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. dopey, sleepy.
0: God, they've got so many of them. Dixie, um, meth addict Kong. <laughs> yes, of course, it's my favorite one. Um, but this uh, this game—it's a puzzle platformer game, uh, kind of more platform for the first four stages, and then definitely more puzzle. Uh, for the for the later stages the later ninety seven stages uh, this game has a lot of a lot of levels in it um but
1: it, yeah, was, it it really does like I was playing through it i don 't know when I did this um over we we have like a a brief work stoppage at work around Christmas, so I was just honestly bored to death and I laid down i realized that I had bought this off of club Nintendo i think it 's still up there for one hundred and fifty coins if if it is definitely check it out. I believe you are correct but uh yeah, so I was laying through it, and I just laid on my couch for five hours, and I played through the entirety of it. I'm like, "Wow, that was really fun, and actually had a lot of substance to it. That's that was great."
0: Yeah, I, it's it's you'll get a, you'll get a lot for your money for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a ton there. It was developed by Nintendo EAD, which stands for Entertainment Analysis and Development, uh, which used to be one of Nintendo's four R and D divisions. Um, So a little bit of Nintendo history Uh, Nintendo had three R&D divisions uh, That did different things I think one was more about hardware um, And I can't remember what two and three are uh, Off the top of my head But uh, when Shigeru Miyamoto did the arcade Donkey Kong game And it was so uh, popular and became so huge uh, Nintendo just decided Let's make a team completely around Miyamoto Hey, that's a smart call Uh, And and that ended up being R&D 4. Uh, And then it ended up being the largest division inside Nintendo, and uh, it's the original team for Shigeru Miyamoto and uh, uh, Takashi Tezuka um, and Koji Kondo, uh, who we would know about all the wonderful Mario music that we heard. Um, Yeah. So...
1: uh, You know, I have a confession, actually. I don't know nearly enough about Nintendo First Party and like all of their internal development studios and, you know, who makes games for them. Even though I'm a big, big, big Nintendo fan, I actually I know nothing about their internal development, which right. is actually kind of embarrassing for me, but I guess that's only embarrassing for me, so that's fine. No, no, no I wouldn't uh, say
0: so. I, I I barely know anything about it and the only reason I know as much as I do is because I'm doing this show and I'm doing research for these episodes and, you know, digging through the different Wikipedia articles of okay, this one was made by, uh, okay, this one was made by the Entertainment Software Division. Okay, uh, and that one, one, what was that from? And, God, they came from this one. And and even going through some of this, it's like, yeah, somebody from EAD really liked what somebody else was doing, so they just plucked him off of that team, and they started doing their own hardware thing instead, and... You think it but yeah, but wait, they have a whole division that's dedicated to hardware. Why would this group start making hardware and
1: Yeah, it's it probably doesn't it probably doesn't help that the I don't know, their development studios or their teams that made these games were really boring names. Whereas like I know I know a lot of Sony first party. Like you can just rattle off a Sony studio and I'm like, Oh, they touched on this or like, Oh, that's Bend. They haven't made this in a long time and evolution may be closing or uh, ah, you know. But Saying Nintendo EAD or Nintendo R and D two, you are like uh, I don't know. What's yeah,
0: and and I imagine part of that is uh, is the same reason why a lot of Japanese developers uh, hid the names of their the credits or, or made people use pseudonyms for the credits of their games, just so they didn't get plucked off of different teams or, or scouted by other companies. Uh, so if you make them seem as boring as possible, there is a little less to dig into. Um, it's almost like the the way Atari. Uh, like didn't let credits go in at all, uh, where it was, it's not, it, th- these games aren't made by people, they're made by Atari, that's what we want people to think, and, you know, I yeah. think uh, for a small portion, Nintendo just wanted these to be Nintendo games, and not a Shigeru Miyamoto game, until, you know, he became a megastar, and then his name had actually a lot of cachet to it.
1: That's true, I mean, in the, in the industry today, you have, like, oh, that... The lead lady behind Uncharted left, so I'm going to be a fan of her next game because I like the Uncharted games. There's just right. a lot more personality now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, like, that's actually a good point. Yeah, so I don't feel as bad now.
0: Amy <laughs> Hennig, Star Wars, let's make it happen. She's working on it.
1: I'm, I want that.
0: Yeah, hey, that sounds that sounds pretty good to me. Right. Um, yep. All right. Well, let's uh, talk more about the game specifically. Um, Zach, I'm gonna let you kinda start this because you were the one who is uh you know, the biggest fan. Uh I've I've played a a good amount, but not nearly the amount you have. I, I don't even think I've beaten the game before.
1: Oh, um, well you absolutely should because the final boss of this game, which we'll get into I'm sure, spoilers. Um, <laughs> it uh it's incredible. Like I can't believe they made the final challenge of this game that good. I mean it's just so the entire thing's you know, it's a Game Boy game. It's I don't know much about Amboy Programming or its limitations, but you don't have a lot to work with there, and somehow they got one of the most well finessed platforming games I've ever played on there with so much personality. Like, uh, it starts off with Donkey Kong levels, which everyone knows, uh, you know, it, those are pretty iconic, the girder system and everything like that. Mm-hmm. They look a little bit gimped, but, um, you know, you climb up the girders, uh, they're smaller, and you try to get to Donkey Kong and save Pauline, which hold on? Quick aside: Is her name Pauline in this game, or is it what did it transfer over to Peach? Uh, it is Pauline. I guess it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it is. Okay, it, cool. you're right. It's Pauline.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you you do the typical save Pauline type challenges, and then once you save Pauline that you're used to seeing in Donkey Kong, girders fall, and Donkey Kong takes her away, and all of a sudden you have uh, just a traditional stage system that you'd see in any Mario game, any any real kind of linear progression type game of that era, which is really cool because it it changes it, like you said, from a score attack game where you have a leaderboard and everything to an adventure. Um, So Donkey Kong carries Pauline throughout, I think it's nine, eight or nine different stages. And uh, after you beat four stages, you kind of do fight Donkey Kong again, trying to save Pauline. So you have your traditional Donkey Kong gameplay mechanics strewn throughout every time you see Donkey Kong. But in between those stages, you enter a stage that has um, a door that Donkey Kong walks through and takes Pauline, a key that opens that door, and a few of Pauline's artifacts, like her purse, parasol, and hat. And you kind of have to find ways to jump around, pick up that key, move the key to the door, open the door, and advance to the next stage. But in that, you know, maneuvering the key is really hard. It's, it's this big object, as tall as Mario, so it can fit in areas where Mario can and, uh, yeah, it's just you have to kind of transport the key throughout the stage to unlock the door. And there's a lot of traps in the area. There's actual enemies that you can either interact with, ride on, pick up, throw, um, or dispatch often. I think you do have, yeah, you have a, you have a hammer option throughout that game, right? Mm-hmm. And even
0: the key can be thrown to, to hurt and kill some enemies.
1: Yeah, um, and when you're carrying the key, if you just decide to throw it at, I don't know. The first enemies you encounter are these really slow-moving, like rat-nosed dudes. They're just really—I don't know what they are. They haven't really made a comeback. Yeah, they um, almost
0: look like Moblins from, from Zelda. A little bit, true.
1: Yeah. So you pick them up. You pick up the key, throw it at the mat, the rat, and it dies or whatever. And um, it's a, it's a one-hit kill system. So you, if you touch anything, you die. Um, which, oh man, I, okay, so.
0: I believe if you're carrying the key, it doesn't kill you; it just hurts you, or it it oh, you right. lose the key and then you still can move around.
1: Yeah, if you, if you get hit while holding the key, you kind of like pass out and do this weird unconscious thing real quick, where your leg twitches in the air, and um, the yeah it sends the key flying. And a lot of the stages have conveyor belts in them, which can carry the key to a different part of the stage while Mario's running to catch up with it. And if the key is away from its original location in the stage for long enough without Mario holding it, it starts to blink and then disappears and shows up back where it was. So you kind of have to restart the challenge over and over again.
0: That's what kills me. Like that's like, it's that and Mario being able to take fall damage from like decent enough heights. Like those are the two things that make me terrible at this game.
1: The fall damage, um, it actually ties in really well with what I was saying about how well the personality is conveyed because the, the animation while you're falling, Mario kind of does, like, a he rotates in midair, and if he rotates, uh, if his body rotates more than horizontal, he'll fall on his head and die. But if you can kind of time your jump to understand that, okay, Mario's going to fall a long distance, but he's not going to twist all the way to where he's going to land on his head, he'll fine. he'll, like, roll out of the, the jump and be fine. Mm-hmm. So understanding how, like, where you can fall is a big, big is a big big thing and if you fall long enough to where mario can roll out of it you'll drop the key which will probably then land a conveyor and then fall in some spikes and you'll have to redo <laughs> it again it can be really frustrating but it's also a prime candidate for speedrunning. which sure. when i made a which when i made a review video on this game earlier this year everyone said hey you know you should definitely try speedrunning this game and filming it that'd be really cool uh i'm not good at video games though so that would be, that's a that's a definite downside to that but it definitely has i would love to see someone just blast through these stages because you can probably find optimal ways to like pick up the key throw it halfway across the stage dive as mario throughout the whole thing and then you know open the door in 10 seconds i'm sure
0: yeah for sure i i mean i haven't checked speed demo archives for it but uh i i would imagine that there's one there or People like an uh, awesome date awesome games done quick, or summer games done quick. I, I I'd be remiss if if somebody didn't uh, try that. But. Well, and
1: here's here's the here's what I opened my video with when I reviewed it. I, it's it's one of my favorite games that I've ever played. Not a lot of people know about it. That's that's the thing that kills me, and I think it's because it's just generically named Donkey Kong, not mm-hmm. like donkey kong and the mario key mysteries or something crazy like that where it can be distinguished but i'd be willing to bet there aren't any archives of people playing this game really fast because people just don't know what it is which is is it's, it's a crime
0: yeah i mean for sure i ended up watching like a long play of it on youtube just to just to know what those later stages were and to see the boss so you're not going to spoil anything for me but uh, but yeah like they, there aren't many it was it was one guy playing, and thankfully it was it was one of those long plays that doesn't have somebody talking in it. Man, I I I don't really care for those most of the time.
1: Um, you know, I don't care for video game videos in general, but I make them, and they're kind of fun to make. So yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I think uh, one. I mean, the coolest part. Of, okay, so you have seen the boss of yeah. this game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the coolest part is you. Uh, you finally you get through nine stages. You end up. Of like climbing a mountain or everything like that. Oh, and that's that's the other cool thing. Each world has a different theme. So the first the first world is you're in a city and you have to carry the key throughout cities and all Big stuff. city. The what's
0: that? It's just called Big City. I was just oh yeah, the Big City. My, my,
1: my mistake. Yeah. Uh, then you go through like a forest, a pirate ship, uh, the a typical like ice world, and all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Jungle, and desert, uh, airplane, iceberg, rocky valley, and tower, to be
1: exact. yeah, I think I liked. Airplane quite a bit. Airplane. Oh, and that's that's the other cool thing. Each stage kind of have its has its own unique uh, quirks that make it really fun to play through. Like airplane, you're on an airplane most of the game, so you have a lot of uh, wind pushing at Mario, so you kind of have to change the way you jump like that, and it'll alter the keys position and everything too. So you definitely, have to really, yeah.
0: like iceberg's uh, going to have like some some slippery floors to it, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, and then like the visual style too. Like you're not you're almost. It's almost like a whole new set of enemies. I, I'm sure some of them come back. I, I can't remember perfectly, but uh, it's it's mostly like a new set of enemies for every stage you get onto, and uh, and definitely like the, all the backgrounds look very different to to fit those same themes that of the levels that you're in.
1: Yeah, every time you get tired of a stage, uh, you beat it, and then you're introduced to some new challenges and new aesthetics, but. The, uh, the coolest thing is, um, well, like I just said, they introduce new things all the time for you to kind of mess around with. Like, there's, uh, I mean, on top of the new platforming mechanics, which we haven't really touched on yet, you'll pick up switches or you'll be able to activate levers and everything like that, or you'll pick up something where you can build platforms, or you'll need to swing on a rope to get to new areas now. There's definitely a lot of variety in the game. It's It doesn't control just like Donkey Kong, and you actually have a lot of very neat platforming um mechanics at your disposal. Like, you can you can do the backflip. You can do a little spring jump on your hands. You can... Um, well, actually, that might be it, but uh, even you can, <laughs> you know, jump up on ropes and swing your way around. Like, Mario is an acrobatic freak in this game, and that's kind of the first one where he gets that triple jump, you know, crazy, woohoo Mario <laughs> mindset, I think. I think they really ran with that.
0: Yeah, definitely, because, I mean, that stuff ended up in, in Mario 64, which came out later, and then, uh, I mean, I, I've been playing uh some of Mario Galaxy uh because I've never finished that game and that's dumb of me. Um so even then like you're you're still getting that same like oh man these these backflips and and this triple jump kind of idea this is this all kind of came from Donkey Kong 94 because that was the first time he ever did any of that stuff. Uh, I think one of the other ones that you didn't mention is the handstand um uh, that you can just continue to stay on your hands and walk that way uh, you walk a little bit slower, but it allows you... I mean, that that's more or less the most broken move in the game, because it negates a lot of the stuff that can come down in your head and kill you, like uh, barrels and, and other uh, things that would, if you were just walking, uh, would hit you in the head and you die.
1: Um, yeah, that's... It's, they definitely... And it's a perfect animation too. I, I keep bringing that up because I'm a real big sucker for animations in games, but if you're standing... If you're walking on your hands and DK throws a barrel at you and you're your feet are pointed up. The barrel just lands nicely and kind of goes boom and plops off of your feet and Mario's just fine and then all of a sudden you can pick up that barrel and use it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. It's it flows so nice. It's nice foil. Uh
0: something I'd want to mention, have you uh ever do you own or have owned a super Game Boy?
1: Uh I think my the cousin that actually let me that's actually really funny you mentioned that. The cousin that let me borrow this game owned a Super Game Boy, but I don't think we ever checked it out with this game, which hmm. is a tragedy.
0: That is kind of a shame, because this was one of the first uh, games that was really made with the Super Game Boy in mind. Uh, yeah. the Nintendo, like, this, the Super Game Boy was coming out really quickly, and like, they're thinking, let's, let's show what this thing can do. And it really took advantage of it. So uh, for people who haven't played a Super Game Boy, uh, it's an adapter cartridge that goes into your Super Nintendo. And other than that, it's really just a Game Boy without the screen. Uh, it doesn't emulate the games at all. You just slip your cartridge right into this little slot on the front of the cartridge and uh, of the Super Game Boy cartridge, and then you'll be playing your Game Boy game on the television. Uh, they, they keep the aspect ratio the same, so to do that they end up having a border around the screen, uh, and so for uh, the Donkey Kong 94 game they had a border that made it look like the arcade game, so it, it had the same uh, same art style design stuff uh, that you would see on either side of the screen in the cabinet. And it looks it, so good. It looks amazing, and one of the interesting things with the Super Game Boy, and I'm actually going to get into this uh, in a in a written piece that I'm about to do
1: um, I really like what you've been doing with those, by the way. Oh, yeah? Go to gamersonthego.com. Check those out. Yeah. yeah it's, they're really cool.
0: Uh, I've gotten two done so far. Uh, I'm calling the, the segment GOTG SP, uh, kind of like Retro Retronauts does with their Retronauts Pocket, or uh, I think now they're doing Micros, but I kind of took the same kind of concept, and I was like, yeah, hey, there was a Game Boy Advance SP. It was a special edition. This is kind of a special edition of Gamers on the Go. Um, so right now there's a, there's a Warlocked one, uh, which is for Game Boy Color and there's a Harvest Moon 3 GBC, uh, which I don't know why, but it's the only Harvest Moon game I've ever played. And uh, yeah, I love that one. It's up there as well.
1: Those, those damn, those damn, uh, gnomes in the shed, they, I feel like they just stole my, uh, shovels and I never really figured that out. <laughs> oh, Really? Yeah, I never got I never got my golden shovels. Like I had a guide for that game or anything, but we're not talking about that. But yeah, f those gnomes, I hate them. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I'll be writing another uh, GB GSP uh, here really soon, and it'll be on the Super Game Boy in general, um, which is you know some of that synergy here that we're talking about Donkey Kong ninety four right now. Uh, but one of the cool things with the the Super Game Boy is that they had the ability to colorize your Game Boy games. So yes. Um, games that could games that previously came before the super Game boy and and they didn't even know Nintendo didn't even know they were making this kind of stuff it allowed you to add some of these pre-made palettes to some of their games so uh, something like Metroid 2 which you know black and white on a game boy or or just pea green and different pea green uh, depending on which game boy you had uh, it will now have green. It, it would now have like a, a palette of color and you could it wasn't perfect, but it was more colorful than you'd ever get with a Game Boy. Uh, yeah, I
1: hear it's kind of crucial for Metroid 2. I've never touched that game, but, yeah. It definitely uh, added a layer of things like, oh, maybe it would be cool to have a Game Boy in color.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that'd be coming up uh, really soon, actually. I think it came, Super, or Game Boy Color came out in 95, maybe later, 94. I don't remember. Well, um, I could be wrong. It could be later than that. Um, but... One of the other cool things that the the Super Game Boy could do was colorize certain areas. So um, the way the Game Boy works, and this is going to get a little bit technical, uh, the Game Boy can really show four shades, four more or less colors, even though they're all monochromatic on a Game Boy. So what the Super Game Boy can do is add palettes that change those four colors. Um, But it would mean you can still only have a four-color game. But what it could also do is colorize specific parts of the screen uh, and developers who knew that those specific parts wouldn't be animating would be able to uh, add in some color there knowing that it was just going to, it was almost like a gel that you could put on top of the screen except it was happening in in the background. So like for a fighting game, you could have the, the regular four-color palette going on for the actual fighting game above, but the life bars, uh, which would stay more or less static, those could be different colors. I know they did it for Pokemon uh, for those life bars uh, to make them green, um, and, and you still have the four-color palette of the actual action going up on, on the screen that way. So for Donkey Kong 94, in those... Uh, in little cutscenes that you get between the themes, so uh, you'll get a little cutscene between, you know, big city and forest that shows Donkey Kong with Pauline leaving big city and and going into the forest area, and it kind of sets up a little bit what either Mario's new move that he's going to have to take advantage of, or some of the new enemies, or, or just some of the new mechanics that you might see in that next level, or that next set of levels. Uh, those are static screens. So you can have, you know, maybe the the water in the in the background that can be colorized blue without messing with the actual palette of Mario and Donkey Kong and and the the stuff that's actually you know working as action pieces in that. Um, so not not a whole lot of developers actually took advantage of that, and that's kind of why the Super Game Boy uh, didn't take off a lot, is that you know that it wasn't really that big of a deal and nobody was going to spend extra money to uh, cater to a fraction of the audience that you know probably wouldn't see much of a difference anyway and then you'd have to do extra bug testing and stuff like that and it became a pain in the ass but for certain games like donkey kong 94 where they really went all out uh the the colors in that are are pretty fantastic
1: yeah they're great and that's actually the tragic thing because um, I've been saying, you know, buy it on the 3DS and go on the eShop and do that, but there's really no, it doesn't emulate it in the Game Boy Color, which, uh, the Game Boy Color added those colors too, correct?
0: I'm not sure if it added like the, the extra colors the Super Game Boy did, but I, it did have the, at least the palette kind of feature. I mean, right. it, it, it yeah, would colorize that's... them a little bit.
1: Gotcha. <clears throat> and that's the, uh, that's the upsetting part about, well, I, I don't really know how to capture off of my 2DS uh, video capture, so to get uh, footage for the video, I just emulated it on my Wii through um, a Game Boy Color emulator, and mm-hmm. it added the, added the colors. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Um, so that's kind of how you can get the color version is if you just play it on a Game Boy Color. But, mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately on the 3DS, you cannot get get it in color, which yeah. is a shame because it does look fantastic. Like the title screen in itself is just really beautiful.
0: And I don't think that's asking too much from Nintendo to, if we're going to keep paying them, you know, a buck fifty, four dollars $7, whatever it costs to get these games every single time we get a new system, you know, give me, give me something extra that, you know, I'm not just getting from downloading a ROM. Like have, yeah. have the super game boy palettes there, have the, you know some of the extra features in there. I mean, they've gotten a little bit better in the terms of, um, you know, some of them now have the um, the save states, and that's nice. But that's something that you know, if you've been playing ROM games, you could you could be doing the entire time.
1: Um, yeah, that's a huge thing. I mean, yeah, introducing. Those feature I would expect if I were to pay Nintendo for, I mean, what is functionally a ROM? You even hear stories of people bringing stuff over to Virtual Console, and they can't find the original files for that game, so they just like go to uh, some shady ass ROM site and put that on the Virtual Console. That's like yep. there are developers that have gone on record saying that they've done that. Um, so I would expect if you're paying Nintendo for a ROM, you would get the best way to emulate that experience, which you you know you're going to get a flawless emulation of that game. But give us some of those extra features. Let me say, run this Game Boy game through a Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. That's not that difficult.
0: Yeah, like even give me the border because the the three DS screen is is you know uh, wider than than the Game Boy screen is, and if you're going to play those games, you're probably not going to stretch them out, um, and you know, you'll just have the black bars on either side. Give us the you know the Super Game Boy uh, borders that would you know add just a little bit to it. That'd be kind of cool. Yep, but oh well. Um, you want to talk uh, about the the boss fight that you were talking about before?
1: Oh yeah. So, uh, what's what? I mean, what is extra cool is whenever you go up against Donkey Kong and Pauline to kind of get like a checkpoint in between the worlds. So you know, World One Dash Four is like a Donkey Kong mini boss fight where you kind of have to go through a platforming section that is exactly like. Uh, the Donkey Kong arcade game, where you just have to basically run up girders, do a specific challenge to get to Pauline, and that's the goal. There's no key or anything like that. Um, so those mini boss stages and the end boss stages of each world are, I mean, for all intents and purposes, extensions of the Donkey Kong arcade game, which is just awesome. Like people who had grown up with that arcade game had to be so stoked not only to see that okay, this is a really long game. It's just not a. It's not just a shady port of. The arcade game, but you also get like extra bonus levels to your favorite arcade game, and that's that's really neat. But once you get to the end of the game, um, my memory's a little bit shaky on it, so you may have to help me out, but uh, Donkey Kong ingests a whole bunch of super mushrooms, Mm -hmm. and he becomes gargantuan. And you actually have to do platforming on his fists as he tries to beat you into the ground. And it's just really cool because that is a very big picture of Donkey Kong's face in the background, and I don't know, it's, it's actually a really fun platforming challenge because it, it took me a long time to beat that. And it's, it, it's a perfect amount of challenge and surprise. And actually, after you beat, beat him, you ingest one of the super mushrooms and it's revealed that, oh, you were actually Tiny Mario the entire game, which is pretty cool. I don't know, that's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not quite Samus as a woman, but it's it's another like little <laughs> little hidden thing. Uh, yeah, that oh, Donkey small. Kong fight, I, I think you, you fight him when he's just his regular, smaller size, and then you knock him off the tower, but then he eats the super mushrooms and then, you know, grows and now he's the size of the tower. And um, Yeah,
1: it's a King Kong fight, essentially. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a boss fight. I don't know how much it was used beforehand, but I know it's something that I've seen multiple times, you know, after, where it's you know, the big face, but he's got the two big fists, and the two fists come down, and you have to yeah. Do you jump on the fists, or do you throw the barrels at the fists? I don't remember.
1: Yeah, you can get up on the fists okay. and throw barrels at his face. Yeah,
0: that's right. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've seen things like that before. You know, I, what I'm saying is Nintendo basically created Shadow of the Colossus. Um, I think so. And then, yeah, so they just got ripped off, but... Confirmed. <laughs>
1: um, uh, actually, you know you know what's an interesting? I, w- I would love to see, like, a Did You Know Gaming video or something on this where it shows... Every single instance of Nintendo using, like, a a bodyless head with two gigantic hands fighting you because that that shows up a lot. I can yeah. name like four instances right now. Yeah, of I mean, that I,
0: I instantly went to Star Fox and was thinking about Andross. Uh,
1: oh, I didn't Star even think Fox sixty
0: four for sure. But
1: yeah, they <laughs> love that. Why is that? I I don't know. It's it's cool. I guess. It is cool. I mean I like it. Less, less to animate.
0: I, I, maybe you can you can fit that stuff on the screen. You get the important parts, the important gameplay features at
1: least. Yeah. I mean I, I played through Wind Waker, it's in there. It's in Ocarina of Time. It's in Mario sixty four. It's in this game. It's in Star Fox. Yeah, there I mean that's there's enough to <laughs> maybe assume somebody in Nintendo has a hand fetish. I,
0: yeah, I I I take that more than Ubisoft's. Uh, hey, climb up this tower, and then you reveal more of the map and more of the mini game or the more side quest stuff. I'm getting. That's well, just a I'm boring a
1: aspect of, of modern game design.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but well, um, all right. Well, is there anything more we want to talk specifically about Donkey Kong '94? Anything we uh, missed?
1: Let's see. I think. Um... The enemies are pretty cool. Like, I know I brought that up. Just sometimes they're lethal and sometimes they're non-lethal and they actually help move you throughout the stage. In the forest level, you have ladybugs pushing you everywhere and you can ride them up hills and everything like that.
0: I really like the – are they lemurs or or what they are? But they've got long tails, long stripy tails, and you can grab their tails and and take a ride with them. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. that was,
1: that's really cool.
0: Uh, I know oh. this is the only, or it's the first, at the very least, and possibly still the only game in which Donkey Kong Junior is an antagonist, which is oh yeah weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, like he'll pull levers and screw up things on the stages, and uh, you actually have to kind of fight him a little bit uh, to get to get to Big Daddy Kong.
1: Yeah, uh, Junior shows up maybe halfway throughout the game, and then he becomes an antagonist there. And actually, in the last stage, he's um, you. I think one of the mini boss stages in Tower that that ninth stage or that final world, you actually like lock him up, and that's the that's yeah. the last time you see him. So it's kind of there's like a really interesting um, climax arc with the story in that way. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, you you see this little shit the entire game and you put them away and then all of a sudden you're driven to go to the final boss because you understand that that's the only obstacle in your way.
0: I mean, it also, it kind of retcons maybe or or just kind of rewrites history a little bit where, you know, this is actually the true Donkey Kong game with the Donkey Kong story because that sets up even better than, than the first Donkey Kong game did since this one actually has a story that Donkey Kong Jr. is then you know escapes and is is trying to get his father back from the evil mario at that point
1: mm. uh, it's a really simple story but there's a lot of nuance in there like oh there's three players there's your good guy your bad guy and this like weird junior guy i don't know yeah. but they they do they do a lot with those simple plot elements in this game that's on a game boy while can bang a whole bunch of motion and it's really good and you should play it because oh my god it's really good definitely
0: I mean, they even yeah. take uh, some of the gameplay mechanics from Donkey Kong Jr., the, the Nintendo game. Yeah, I like, love seeing that. You're climbing the vines, and you go faster down the vines, and you go up. And, but if you're on two vines at the same time and stretch between them, you can go up even faster. And you're trying to knock things down from the vines that will then hit people uh, below. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was so happy when I played through this most recent time and remembered that, oh, yeah. This is not only Donkey Kong; it's also Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah. That's just so much fun.
0: A less hard version of Donkey Kong Jr. Because that game, man, that game is hard.
1: It's been a while since I played the arcade
0: version of that. It's just oh. you're so you're so wide. Donkey Kong Jr. is so wide that it lets things come down and hit him really
1: easily. Yeah, and he jumps like an idiot too. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, terrible.
0: Um, all right, well let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this game's legacy. We already talked about how uh, it's changed Mario's movement and how it made Mario this more mobile with a a lot more fun jumping mechanics. It gave you a lot more to do, Uh, and then it really helped to inspire the way Mario 64 uh, gives you a lot more of that freedom of movement. Uh, But this game kind of has a sequel. Um, You know, it took... It took them, you know, what, 15, almost 20 years to, to come out with one?
1: Well, uh, no, I mean, 94, it, maybe about 7 or something. I don't know when Mario vs. Donkey Kong came out. Yeah, uh, at least, uh, I'm going to say at least 10. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna
0: feel fair. I'm going to feel good about saying at least 10. It, it came out for uh, the Game Boy Advance. I, I think the original story is that it was supposed to be a remake of... Uh, Donkey Kong ninety four, where it was just supposed to be new graphics, but the same levels, and for whatever reason that didn't work out, and it got turned into an entire new game, but it was inspired at least by Donkey Kong ninety four, and that yeah, and I
1: think the reason for that is you brought it up earlier, but like all of a sudden they needed to focus on Donkey Kong being this platformer game where you control Donkey Kong, and that's like what people thought of. They thought about this gross, hyper-stupid, realistic-looking Donkey Kong Country garbage game that people liked for some reason. And then they just kind of abandoned that formula. And when those games were done, they were like, oh, maybe we should re-examine what Donkey Kong means for us and and put him in different things other than his own weird... I I don't know, those games kind of weird me out. The Country games weird me out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. Country is a a weird thing. Technologically, it was really crazy how they were able to take these 3d uh models and and turn them into sprites and it made for at the time a really pretty looking game that has aged pretty roughly um and then the platforming yep. and, and and actual mechanics of donkey kong country when you think about it, it actually wasn't that not great just kind of yeah, that's kind of simple
1: that's one of those um like like the Hedgehog, where people are like, ah, "It was so good," but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. It's just old platformers. I think, God, I think you can only play Mario games. Actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: so this uh, this new series, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, is the the name of it. Um, yeah, it was released in two thousand four. Now that I'm finding out, uh, I was gonna say maybe maybe Nintendo was inspired by King of Kong, but that movie came out in two thousand and seven. Um, so, oh well anyway uh yeah mario versus donkey kong it's it's basically the same stuff there there there's some new things i actually haven't played a whole lot of these games i know um i have one of them accidentally kind of as an ambassador for the 3ds uh it was part of their ambassador program and you you got it for free so it's on my 3ds the first one at least um and i just haven't played it at all um Hmm. but it's it's pretty much like donkey kong you've played a little bit of it haven't you
1: yeah, I, play, I, I beat it when I had it. I actually had the cartridge on my Game Boy uh, when it came out in 2004. And I was like, yes, this is just like that. I mean, for years after I played DK94, I was scrambling to find out or, like, find a copy of that game or understand what I played when I was so young because I just had no idea. Like, it's, it's one of those memories where you have where you're like, oh, yeah. Wasn't there a weird Mario game where I picked up a key and brought it through a door? And it took me forever to understand what that was what that was all about yeah and then mario Yeah, it's called donkey mario kong brothers super mario
0: brothers 2 picked What's up the that? key yeah super mario brothers 2 you picked up the key put it in the door
1: yeah oh yeah that must be what i played. <laughs> yeah. i mean that's kind of like the logic that you go through before like this is pre maceration of the internet where you could look a lot of things up right, right? um but yeah mario versus donkey kong i played through that uh, when it came out, and it was, it was really good. I loved it for rekindling that love I had for DK ninety four when I was a kid. Um, but revisiting it now, and to, I mean to be completely fair, it has the exact same mechanics pretty much as the as Donkey Kong ninety four. You find a key, bring it through the door, and I think you find a little mini Mario toy, and that's like your goal or something like that. Yeah, I uh, actually
0: really like how kind of stupid the story is. So the story is that Mario is so popular now that he's come out with a line of toys, these mini Mario toys, and Donkey Kong's watching TV and falls in love with these toys and really wants one for himself. And he goes to the store, but I can't remember if he didn't have money for it or if they were out or if they just didn't allow monkeys to, to purchase things, but he gets pissed. He goes to the factory and steals a bunch of these mini Marios, and then Mario has to go after him and and collect them again.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so dumb! Do, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good they didn't do a direct rip-off of the story, I suppose, but uh, I mean, the whole... I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later, but the whole mini-Mario thing, or the minis, uh, eh, never, never did much for me, but... Um, right, and... and yeah, when, when I... Go ahead. I, I, hey, you go. You're the guest. Okay. So, um when I when I played through it to get some video capture for my video, I was playing through it again, and I'm like, man, this, I mean, I had just, you know, I was hot off of playing Donkey Kong 94, and I was playing through it again, and I just thought, okay, this does not have as much personality as the Game Boy game 10 years earlier. Um, it's it's very it's very clear that Nintendo was like, hey, we have this nice Game Boy Advance, we can do so many colors, let's do that, let's have everything be bright blues and bright reds, bright yellows, and, um, they did that really annoying thing that they did with all their remake games also where they just put Mario's Wahoo voice over everything. So every time you yeah. jump, he goes, wah, You know, he does all that, which is just, I'm sure, infuriated moms and dads around the country. Yeah, that's a little uh, weird. Yeah, and they did that with A Link to the Past remake on Game Boy. <clears throat>
0: and they did it with uh, Yoshi's Island, too, for uh, for uh, the the Super Mario Advance version of it. Uh, yep. Yeah, that, ugh.
1: So while those games I think play just as good as Donkey Kong ninety four, I never see myself going through them again because I, I don't know they just lack a lot of that personality. They're they're really hollow and like the music sucks. Yeah, the music in Donkey Kong ninety four is really good, where Mario versus Donkey Kong just sounds really bland. And like, from what no I
0: going on. from what I've gathered, the the first one kind of has some of that spirit of Donkey Kong ninety four. It throws in a little bit of the minis uh, parts, but then the the follow ups to that, and like uh, the Don- the Mario vs Donkey Kong series has actually gotten quite a few entries, uh, which is yeah. disappointing considering that DK ninety four only got one. Um, but they uh, uh, many of the the next ones, I, in fact, I think all the next ones really more focus on the minis aspect. I mean, in fact, Mario isn't even in those games; it's the actual minis themselves. And I guess it's it's kind of like a cross between DK ninety four and Lemmings. Uh, oh, that's
1: actually a really good comparison. Yeah.
0: Which uh, so you so I mean if that if that appeals to you that that's kind of cool. And I know um, I don't know if the first game does the Game Boy Advance one does, but some I know some of the others at least have a level editor, uh, so you can make your own kind of puzzly levels. And, and uh, I don't know if you can upload those and download them again, but. Uh, have to right Uh, because what's what's the point
1: i mean it wouldn't surprise me if nintendo kind of borked that online feature yeah
0: that's a good point Uh, but maybe maybe you can trade them through the link cable
1: oh yeah i kind of missed the link cable
0: you know what i'll i'll probably end up doing an sp article on the link cable because that's that's a fun time
1: you know what I found? And I might have it in this box I have labeled Game Boy right next to my desk. But I found my wireless um, Game Boy link system like where I put a little antenna on top of your Game Boy. And oh, yeah? You can trade Pokemon that way.
0: Oh, shit. That's awesome. I, if, I never had one of those. I wonder if it's worth any money. I, I mean, check it out. Maybe. I'll buy it from you. $10 <laughs> yeah, You want right to buy now. something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually very possible. I mean, I bought a Super Game Boy 2 not too long ago. Uh, which is pointless because I don't have a Super Famicom and it never came to America and it doesn't work in a Super Nintendo. Uh, and it's basically just a Super Game Boy that has a link cable attachment to it so you can trade Pokemon on the TV now. Well, that's <laughs> With somebody my... not on the TV. Or, or I guess if they had a separate TV, a separate Super Game Boy 2, uh, you possibly could. That seems dumb. <laughs>
1: yeah. my My cousin... Uh, he was not. He was never allowed to have a Game Boy for some reason. Like, oh, I guess yeah. when they went on family trips, they were like, okay, no, instead of um, instead of focusing on a video game or distracting you, we're just going to do, like, family things in the car. It sounds awful. But um, <laughs> I think... Yeah, just terrible. But he was allowed to get, like, the Super Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance adapter for the GameCube. So yeah, that's the way he played, like, all of his Game Boy... Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games up until he bought his own uh DS.
0: That's fascinating.
1: Yep. So like I would be like, "Oh man, did you did you play Pokemon yet?" He's like, "Ah, no, nah, my mom won't let me get a Game Boy." So like years after I played through Pokemon, he got this Super Game Boy attachment or did the I don't know. Did the did the GameCube adapter let you play Game Boy color games? I don't oh, God.
0: remember.
1: I I you know, know... What? he played the he played the Pokemon games. Through Pokemon Stadium yeah. with that adapter for the n sixty four controller. The,
0: the transfer pack, P A K. Yeah. I know that, like that doesn't actually work as a as a Game Boy. What it does is actually emulates Pokemon once it figures out that you have the cartridge. It's oh. it's really weird.
1: Yeah, but I mean so that's that's my cousin's experience with like the Super Game Boy and the Game Boy additions to the GameCube and all that stuff. What a Yeah, you should have him on sometimes. Yeah, I'd
0: love to. In fact, like that's I mean, I've been uh, when I've been looking up stuff for this uh, for this article for the Super Game Boy that I'm going to do, I've been looking up some other stuff about just how to get um you know, handheld games onto your television because you know, I've been playing stuff on my RetroN 5 just to kind of get screenshots that way. Um, and then, you know, I know the the Game Boy player for GameCube and the and the Super Game Boy and Super Game Boy 2 Uh, there was a, uh, it's called the Wide Boy for the N64 it never came out uh, and it was just a couple units went out to like press and some developers uh, but that allows you to play Game Boy and Game Boy Color I I don't think it was advanced yet so it was Game Boy and Game Boy Color games on your Nintendo 64 and then um, (laughs) I ended up buying a PlayStation TV because I I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I've, I haven't really touched it, but I, I like that I have it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I really I like would, the idea of playing a handheld game on a television. Um, so definitely, like a person who played their handheld games exclusively on televisions, that's super fascinating to me. I, I really would like to know like, how you, uh, what what you're even thinking at that point, because. You know, at least I have, like, the portability of taking a game with me to play, but like, if you had a Super Game Boy as your only way of playing these handheld games, wouldn't they just pale in comparison to, like, the actual console stuff that you could do?
1: Yeah, I I really think so. I mean, it's, it's actually a hilarious tragedy because, I mean, I'd just be like, hey, man, let's go over here and play this, and he'd just have to be like, nah, I can't. Oh, <laughs>
0: man, yeah.
1: So, and, oh, yeah, the way we traded Pokemon was um, I, I had, I had you know, I had, like, every version of the Game Boy. I still do. Uh-huh. And um, I, I would have, like, a, you know, broke-ass original Game Boy that had the link port. And he'd be like, okay, you know, I've been playing Pokemon on my Pokemon Stadium on my 64 on my TV. Uh, time to trade. And he would unplug it, put it into a real Game Boy, which had to be, like, uh, you know, his own MacGuffin. Like, he right. just wanted that so bad. <laughs> Uh, oh man childhood sucked. Yeah.
0: oh hey I remember like having two versions of Pokemon and having two Game Boys and a link cable and doing it myself like watching TV and just hitting buttons barely looking at the screens cause I already knew like yeah yeah switch over Mewtwo for, for this Pidgey and, cause I don't really care about this blue version all I care is about getting all 151 on red yeah. Um, but yeah you
1: were your own big you're, you are you were your own best friend <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hey, but now I have friends, and they come and do podcasts with me occasionally. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think we've more or less covered Donkey Kong 94. Uh, I would suggest that anyone who wants to learn more about Donkey Kong 94 but doesn't necessarily want to listen to an hour-long podcast, uh, you should definitely check out Zach's YouTube channel where he uh, has a nice, succinct three, three three-and-a-half-minute video on uh, on donkey kong 94 and all the the cool things that the game does itself um,
1: but yeah uh, check me out on youtube anybody listening it's mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun actually getting back into video editing and it's one of the more successful things i've done on the internet like seeing a view counter push past a thousand views on something i made is like oh that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really fun for me to watch, so check me out on YouTube.
0: Like Even when 500 of those views are mine, it's still pretty cool that you, know, I know. you could get like I another just, I 500 I
1: pay Chase views. to hit F5, and it works. Definitely.
0: I mean, that's how Google AdWords works, right? I think so. That's I've those, made
1: a yeah. dollar. Yeah,
0: cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, like your, your series, you've got uh, a couple of them on there right now, and you're still working on them. Uh, I know another one that you've done is Shovel Knight, which... I can't remember how far back Shovel Knight was. I'm I'm going to say like 32, episode 32 of Gamers on the Go. It's kind of a semi-lost episode because it never went up on iTunes for whatever reason. Uh, it did, oh. like iTunes didn't catch it for, for. I I have no idea why, but uh, it's up on the site if you want to download it from there. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. I got to talk with the developers and then watch Zach's video because you know it's a video and you can see Shovel Knight in action and that's awesome. Yep, cool. good game yeah definitely um well zach i'm, I'm sure i'll have you on again uh, when we can talk about more games or hell you'll probably just talk about donkey Kong 94 again but um, i've been
1: doing it for months
0: <laughs> but that is fine by me uh, so any anything else you'd like to plug uh
1: no just mainly my youtube stuff and if you just search my name on google you'll find me so that's what i did see you there <laughs> uh,
0: and then as far as uh, gamers on the go, GamersOnTheGo.com is where you're going to find most of your stuff. Uh, that'll take you to the GOTGSPs that I've been writing, uh, links to all the episodes uh, that you uh, – because I, I guess iTunes only – I don't know what's going on with, like, Dropbox or any of the back-end stuff, but uh, iTunes only seems to keep, like, three of them at a time, three or four of them at a time. So if you want any of the older episodes, uh, you just, uh, just go to GamersOnTheGo.com, and you can find them all there. Um, and then you can also suggest uh, games that you'd like to see. Uh, Harvest Moon was actually suggested by, uh, by a fan, so I, uh, that's where that uh, SP article came from. Uh, cool. I've had some other requests, and, and that's stuff that I'm actively working on. Uh, and yeah, look for that uh, Super Game Boy piece. It's going to be coming up relatively soon, uh, hopefully within the week. Uh, and then you know i'm i 'm sure I might be writing some some more stuff really soon, because that has been fun i I have missed writing about games. I used to do it all the time back in college and uh and i don 't know podcasts seem easier or it 's nice to have a conversation, and i didn 't feel like I was being <laughs> as antisocial as usual
1: right yeah. I think the um i don 't know so the videos i 've been making it 's just like a long form essay, but spoken, not even a long form just like an an essay type report on a game just spoken over the gameplay footage and that seems a little bit more satisfying than anything i've written but yeah i agree that yeah writing about games is something i used to do a lot and i don't do anymore i should do that more
0: it's a fun time writing about Mm -hmm. games is cool i miss when we had sites like bitmob.com where i could really write stuff and i know there are some sites out there now bitmob turned into games beat and uh, i think destructoid has things where you can write articles and one-up used to when it was alive and uh, there are outlets i have a blog now so i that's my outlet so i'll just do that
1: (laughs) that's i think that's where everybody went but yeah you're right i do remember there was like that glory days of like 2009 through uh, maybe like those two years 2008 9 10 maybe where yeah it was like okay community blogs are a really cool thing and i feel like i just missed that it was really awesome seeing you go through like BitMob and do all your things like that i'm like yeah look at him go he's doing it
0: <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool to get uh, recognition from some of the excites moderators people that i knew from the magazine days and and they're saying hey your article is really good we're going to put it on the front page and like, that's awesome and you know nothing really ever materialized out of that which is fine but uh you know cool times anyway i'll re- I'll remember fondly the days when I wrote articles that would get twenty five comments, and oh man, they felt so good
1: yeah, I remember when comments were a thing you looked forward
0: to oh God, I do remember i don't I don't like comments anymore
1: i can't i I mean so I've been like lucky enough to where a lot of the stuff I've been doing on YouTube has been received very well mm-hmm. um, but every time I get a comment, I I look at like the Google Plus I notification and I'm like, oh god, oh god, here it is. <laughs> yeah. No, nope, but it's all it's and, it's been good so far.
0: And you post all that stuff to Reddit too, don't you? <laughs>
1: uh, okay, so at the end of my new video that I'm making about Pac-Man 2, I need to like I need a better call to action because the Reddit moderators have pretty much flagged my name as a guy who shamelessly self promotes on oh, discussion forums. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I want. So it's a discussion thread on Reddit about uh, retro games. So I post a lot of the videos I make on there on that site. Yeah. And they get instantly taken down for self-promotion, which for some reason people don't like. I honestly don't get it. I submit that to be discussed. I I don't... I, I don't know. Self-promotion is just a terrible, terribly awkward thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're giving... I think if it's like if you're getting content out there and then at the end saying, Hey, if you want to see more of this stuff because I've been making more of this stuff, here's the link to it. I don't think that's self promotion. Like, if it was just if you just posted, Oh, I wrote, I actually talked about this and here's the link to it, then maybe. But if you're like posting the video and going, Hey, guys, I made this video about this game that people like. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't know. What, I mean, every single time I do that, I get crucified. Like, hey, this. I mean, sometimes. I mean, my my success on those videos I've been making has come from somehow like me getting mod approval on Reddit to submit my own stuff. But sure. I don't see how me going, hey, this is this thing I made. I'm really proud of it. Talk about it. Give me feedback. How is that a bad thing? I don't. I don't get it. It's, and maybe it's because you and I like to create stuff for the internet. You know, we're creative types. And I guess people that are not creative types do not like to see other people promote their own stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, I have kind of fallen off the Reddit bandwagon. Uh, but there was a time where I was reading our gaming and, and some other forums a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so sick of the, the article that's, Hey, look what I found at a garage sale. And it's like, Oh, you oh, found yeah. a copy of Majora's Mask for 20 cents. Good for you. Like, what is, what does that do for anyone? Why are why are those allowed and yeah. things where like, you're actually posting good content like that's something that gets taken down? But
1: yeah, I mean, to be completely fair, I I unsubscribe from every. I haven't been on Reddit in like a year. I unsubscribe from everything that mm-hmm. I read, so my profile does look like a self promotion machine because I don't. Read or contribute to anything on that website. I just mm-hmm. kind of shout into the void. But I also don't think that's a bad thing. But I guess it is. So shame on me, I suppose. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I've I've always tried to avoid forums and things like that. Um, like you'll you'll never catch me on Neogaf or, oh, or okay. anything like that. Like I, I I mean there there are people out there who use those and are having a great time and get a lot out of it and I'm sure have made some friends. But that's just the last thing I want to do.
1: Yeah, like, I like, mean, I tiptoe around something awful. Like, I mean, I, I like that. I like that site. I like the forums on there. They're actually, a lot of a lot of the forums I like on there do kind of celebrate self-promotion, so that's cool. Like the Let's Play forum, where all the Let's Play phenomenon came from, they really like seeing what other people make. That's great. That's That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, every time I submit something else on there, I'm like, I'm going to get berated for posting something <laughs> I made. Because I don't know if, if Reddit is a really accessible and like link sherry type website. Going, like, rewinding that formula by ten years and then promoting it on a website like that, it's even scarier. And I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get found out. But I really do like that <laughs> forum.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like even even me who enjoys uh, content from like Giant Bomb, and they do all this stuff with their chat and like they're they're big into their forums and I don't touch their forums and I don't touch the chat. And I think it's cool that I can watch some videos where the, the people in the the chat room can, you know, inform some of the stuff that's going on there, but I want no part of actually being in that. Um, and then, I mean, it's the, um, trying to think of another example. Um, and I lost it. I had it, I had it at some point, but yeah, like giant bomb stuff. It's, I just can't. I, I can't be a part of that. Oh, like, uh, even when it was like Twitch plays Pokemon, I watched Twitch play Pokemon a lot. I never I never put in one command because that that was not the fun part for me. The fun part was watching as these people struggled, and, and I didn't want to be an active part of that community that was struggling, because then that would have been frustrating to me, I guess. Like, maybe then it would have been like, oh, my voice isn't being heard, but as long as I don't play, I win. That's that's yeah. the phrase, right? The only way to win think, is not to play.
1: I think so. But what if like a million people upvote your shit? Yeah, and all of a sudden that's yeah. great.
0: That that's I guess that's the the gamble that you make. And
1: you know, yeah. you know what this gives me this gives me an idea for another like show or topic we need to cover. But uh, and I have a lot of friends on the internet that make stuff, so I'd be interested to like gather a round table of. Creators and talk about mm. promotion and understand this stuff, yeah,'d be great.
0: I like that a lot. you uh, cool. s- spearhead that let me know mm-hmm. I, I will would, I'm would totally be up for that uh cool well, um I'll get you on again here real soon. I'm sure um, keep on playing those handheld games and and let me know what you're playing, and then we can uh figure something out and for everyone listening thanks for thanks for being with us for thirty eight episodes man it's been it's been a while. I remember get when I... there. I remember when I used to say that, uh, yeah, every 10 episodes will be a Pokemon episode. And then that failed, like, after 20. (laughs) (laughs) And now I've got uh, tons of Pokemon episodes. But, eh, you know, whatever. I think Diamond and Pearl are up next, technically. So, you know, 40's coming up. I might just do it anyway. But we'll see. Anyway, Zach, thanks a lot for coming on. I'll talk
1: to you soon. Yep, see you later.